Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Masson Web Studio and the Masson All Access Podcast presented by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. We are your hosts, Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano. As always, thanks for tuning in on hopefully Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud, or you're watching online on Facebook.com slash Masson All Access or slash Masson Nationals. Um, a lot of good areas to find our podcast. Thanks again to our friends at Marymount University for sponsoring our podcast and, help, and helping out with the program. Um, Paul, I, I want to get the number right. I feel like the Nationals have been on the road for months since June, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably since I think I was thirteen. Yeah, I was um, a year away from high Just school. Just a wee lad, and they left. Um, Heather Zimmerman, actually, uh, Ryan's wife, did tweet out, um, it's been 84 years, Titanic gift. That's yeah. how long it feels like it's, it has been. It's been. It's just one of those months where the Nationals have, are on the road more often than not, and I think the West Coast part of it helps drag on yeah. longer because they're starting games at 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. And I want to feel like we've been in the studio for 12 hours straight. Oh, doing, yeah. Trying to do this uh, podcast for the second time. <laughs> yeah. We got 25 minutes into the first one and uh, had some tef- technical difficulties. I entirely blame Olivia Witherite, who is running the show today. It uh-huh. is. Uh, look, we never had problems with intern Brendan and intern Cam. That's all I'm that's, saying. That's all I'm saying. There's only um, one common denominator here, and that would be Olivia. That would be our 5 tool player, Olivia Witherite. Yeah. It's the kind of a lost episode. <laughs> my, uh, losing a podcast is one of the worst feelings. Yes. Um, my other podcast I do with my friends for fun, Put Me In Coach, we have at least two lost episodes, full episode, like hour oh. and a half of just nothing. Yeah. And it's just like... Just gone. You're just speaking into the void. And it's always my fault, too, because I'm the one... I'm, I would be in Olivia's shoes right now, and I'm the one, like, hosting, producing, whatever. And then I look at my computer, and it's just gone. Just There's crashes. Just, just or, nothing there. Yeah, I love to... a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, love to see it. Yeah. But hopefully, second time's a charm here. This podcast will stay, and you're able to listen and watch. If you're listening now, that means... It's good. It's good. It's fine. It's good. If you're watching now, we're good. <laughs> we are good. Um, okay. Uh, into the baseball stuff. Some things we're going to touch on. Um, the Nationals are continuing their series against the Reds tonight at Nationals Park. Like I said, they're home. Again, back to the being home. It's very brief. They're only home for this week. They play six games, mm-hmm. off day on Thursday, three against the Reds, and then I believe they've got three against the Brewers this weekend. Um, and then they go right back on the road. They go to... Um, couple uh, NL Central teams in Pittsburgh and Chicago and the Cubs before coming back home to finish the month. Um, we're going to touch on Max Scherzer. There was an update on him yesterday for, out of Nationals Park um, from David Martinez. And we're going to touch on Eric Fetty and Joe Ross and how they have actually done pretty well in terms of replacing um, Max and Jeremy Hellickson at the back end of this rotation as of late. But we'll start with, obviously, the big story, Paul, for the Nationals from this past weekend and, and, and even last night, Monday night, um, Sean Doolittle, the closer, the man who has been clutch and big time for this team all season long, maybe feeling some wear and tear now that we're in mid-August. He even said so as much after the game last night, being like, hey, I, I'm feeling it. This is one of the toughest seasons I've ever gone under as, as, a, as a player. He's on pace to break 
his career highs for both game appearances and innings pitched. Um, and he blew the save on Friday night in New York. He almost blew it again last night at home against um, the Reds. Gave up two runs in the in the ninth. Luckily, the Nationals were up by three. Um, cause for concern is yeah. it's 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 definitely nerve wracking, especially considering how much this bullpen has struggled throughout the course of the season. And Sean Doolittle was the one constant guy you could count on, rely on to to get outs. And now he f- seems like. He's falling apart, and I hope that's not the case. Yeah, he's allowed a run in four of his last eight appearances, and in those four games, he allowed a home run. So he is really struggling. And you mentioned that those quotes from Sean Doolittle, be sure to check out MassiveSports.com because Mark Zuckerman has some awesome quotes from Sean Doolittle. He made it clear he's not injured. That's not the issue. But he is having a lot of appearances, a lot of innings pitched for a guy who's 32 years old. Has already had a, a pretty long career already. Um, it's 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 a lot to ask of him. And right now, the he has for as great as he was to start the season for the first couple months of the season, he really hit a rut when it, we got into July. It just seemed like he was, you know, one or two here. You understand, but it's now becoming every game that he takes the ball. It's kind of worrying. It's yeah. you you do worry about a lead. Um, and it look, I mean, the periphery still seem okay. It seems like his velocity is still the same. It, you know, his pitches still have movement. It's just guys are seeing them better, and he feels a little tired. Um, it's it's hurtful for this team right now. Yeah, I, I was getting a little frustrated. Um, I don't want to say angry, a little frustrated, annoyed maybe Friday night after the game. Because look, I mean, it happens. I got, no one's perfect. Sean Doolittle is not going to get be a hundred percent safe percentage every night. He's it's going to happen. He's going to you know, leave a fastball there too. People yeah. on, on Twitter complaining that, well, his velocity is down. How can they not see this? Why was he in there to begin with? I will say I had a weird feeling that night anyways. I was watching that game at home, and I remember the top of the ninth because they're on the road, so the Nationals are batting, and the mass and cameras show Sean and Fernando Rodney warming up in the bullpen. And for whatever reason, I instantly thought, I don't know why. I, and I couldn't explain it. I can't right. explain it. I don't know why. But I would think I want Rodney pitching this inning instead of Sean. Like maybe give him a rest. I, and I, in hindsight, obviously it's like, oh, well, obviously you were right. But like, I mean, I couldn't explain it. I was like, I, I, my, my heart says Rodney, <laughs> but my mind says Doolittle. But like, you always want your closer out there, especially in a game like that. Yeah. And I think just also the way it ended up unfolding, and then Saturday night as well, another blown. Uh, save that that one bothered me more so because it was back to back nights. You're just like, okay, one yeah. night's a fluke, two nights back to back is like, oh my god, they're gonna get. Sw-. And then you have the Grom going on Sunday. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, they're gonna get swept in 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 a, like a huge series against yeah. the Mets. Um, but I don't think it's he just has a rough patch. You know, I, I, I his velocity, like you mentioned, it hasn't really dipped. He started off that inning in New York hitting 91, but he got back up to 94, which is usually where he sits. He, he, we know how much he loves living on that high fastball. A couple guys tagged him for, for a couple long balls and that's going to happen. And, yeah. and I think it's just a matter of maybe not resetting, but like take, you know what, Sean, take the day. He's, yeah. he's, he's not David Martinez already said last night, he is off today. He is not going to pitch tonight Tuesday night against the Reds. Take the day. We're last relax. And hopefully this offense provides enough runs where we're not in a situation where we have to rely on too many outs, too many high leverage outs from from other guys in this bullpen. And now they have, because of that saying, they have way more options to 
for those high leverage situations than they did several months ago. Yeah. Um, so in theory, they might be able to make it so that he is not on pace for 71 appearances and not on pace to break his career record for innings pitched because he was hopefully he's in less of a need now than he was to start the season because now they added three relievers at the deadline. One of them is injured, but Daniel Hudson can pitch in high leverage situations. Maybe Hunter Strickland can be used in certain situations. They just signed Greg Holland, by the way, mm-hmm. which, you know, some fans are like, ah, just another, you know, a struggling reliever that they it's a it's a not a no risk move because it it could be risky if you throw him in a situation a high leverage situation he blows a game and that game ends up mattering down the stretch but it all it does is it bumps down everybody else in the the bullpen right it just you know it takes <laughs> you're replacing your least performing guy in the bullpen with somebody who performs a little bit better in theory holland's not having an awesome year four five oh era but they got him right after the deadline last year after he was waived by the Cardinals, and he was terrific down the stretch. For the yeah, Nats. it's kind of funny that how now they're, uh, you're, you're binging. Yeah. Um, I mean, my phone's usually on silent here. Yeah, I think I, I turned know, it on because we were know. watching a, a video from our, our <laughs> boss when, on his vacation in Greece. Uh, that's why. Yeah. That's why. Um, no, but you're right. Uh, Greg Holland pitched great last year, for the and, and we look back at it, look at the transactions, how it all went down. Don't forget, 2018, he signed late with the Cardinals. He didn't sign until March 31st, so I think the regular season was already underway at that point. Yep. Didn't really get a full spring training underneath him. It was was horrendous for them throughout the season. Got a new start here in, in D.C. And, and pitched really well. Had a ERA under one for the rest of the season with the Nationals. It's not a small terribly sample. small sample. No, and especially when he signed late in the yeah. season, like where I believe it was August seventh. I looked it up because they released him on August first. So yeah, the second half, twenty four appearances over the last two months of the season is pretty, yeah. pretty solid. Um, and those were high leverage situations too because I think back in August of last year the Nationals were still in it, so they were they were playing some significant games. Um, and then like you look at this year, he signed early with the, the Diamondbacks in, in January, I believe, and he wasn't. A, terrible he definitely wasn't as bad as he was last year with the cardinals yeah he has struggled as of late i remember listening to mlb network this morning because uh it was jamal collier of mlb.com that broke the story yesterday confirmed by uh john Heyman that you know over his last greg holland's last couple of outings he has like six walks over just like a couple like a couple of innings so those are obviously a concern which led to the diamondbacks just kind of releasing him hopefully he kind of refines his feet again uh, here in D.C. in the coming months once he's back up here. And like you said, Paul, it's just another arm that they can throw out there. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no other way at this point in the season that they can really fix their bullpen other than signings like this, and you're just going to get guys that other teams have cast aside. That's the reality of it. We yeah. can talk about how they can fix this bullpen for real in the offseason, but for right now, that's probably your best bet to add another arm Give Sean a day off here and there. Give Fernando Rodney maybe a day off here and there, and and hopefully it works out for you and saves Doolittle's best for late September, October. Yeah, and I was looking at the guys that the Nationals got before the season in the off season to bolster that bullpen because they made it clear right out of the gate that it was going to be a an important um, position of need. They, you know, within the first, what, two weeks of the offseason, they trade for Kyle Bearclaw. I, th- I think that was in November that they made that trade for Kyle Bearclaw. And then pretty much immediately after that, right after he had that bullpen session that everybody raved about, they signed Trevor Rosenthal. So they made it clear right out of the gate that they were going to address the bullpen issues. 
But you look at the three major acquisitions they made this offseason to address their bullpen. One is Trevor Rosenthal, obviously no longer on the team. Right. One is the aforementioned Kyle Baraclaw, mm-hmm. no longer on the team, claimed by the Giants. And the third is Tony Sipp, who they signed, what, in March? Yeah. Um, right before the season started. None of those, he, he's no longer with the team either. Right. None of those guys are with the team. They they made three pretty, I mean, SIP was less of an investment, but the three biggest investments they made in their bullpen this past offseason, none of them worked out. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you wonder, you know, if, it, and it's not like they went bargain hunting per se. $7 million for Rosenthal. $7 million is a fair amount. And they, they gave up uh, something in the, in the Barraclaw trade. It's just none of those guys worked out, and it's it's so hard to predict who's going to be a great reliever. You know, relievers are good, great one year and terrible the next year. Yeah. But they struck out on all three of those guys, and that's why we're in this position where they're having to go bargain hunting now for a, a Greg Holland, and they they had to get a, a Javi Guerra, and they had to go out and get all these guys that uh, Fernando Rodney, even though he's pitched well, guys that you know they have to they had to just. Try it because yeah, it they had, on. yeah, because you, when you strike out, you go 0 for 3 in offseason acquisitions in your bullpen, puts you in a tough spot. And yeah, and, and I wonder how much longer that kind of thought process can sustain. And, and I know Mike Rizzo, you know, he's doing his best. They don't want to go over the luxury tax, tax, understandable. I get that. You know, you don't because after you do it three years in a row, the the tax double, the penalty doubles, or is increased by fifty percent. So you want to avoid that ownership. That's that's their call. Understandable. You only have so many assets in your farm system to make a, a, a realistic trade. We talked about that at the trade deadline. They don't really have assets where they can dish off guys to get a good return back. And relievers are so valuable at the trade deadline. Those are like the most valuable position or players that you can go after. Yep. So. We talked about how much they're going to struggle with the ability to trade for the for a reliever at the deadline. Even though, to when we gave Mike Rizzo credit, he was able to pull something out of his hat um, and get get fresh arms in here. Yeah. And it's almost at a point right now like that's all you need. I mean, you 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 can't bank on just getting the best of the best right now. They need yeah. fresh arms. They right. need guys who are not like Sean Doolittle who are getting worn who feel worn out. They need guys that can eat innings at this point and hopefully kind of patch this bullpen together and get this team through August, September into the postseason. And then just it's it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of a cross your fingers and hope it works out. And I think you can look at it one of two ways. I think you can say either, you know, one, this bullpen uh, has been pretty much an unmitigated disaster for the most part. And, um, you know, it's a miracle that they're they're still in it considering all of the myriad issues that they've had. And they, you know, going 0 for 3 in the offseason and the fact that, all the none of these guys are having good years. That's a, a indictment. But on the same token, it it tells you how great the rest of the roster is that they're having such that they're in it that they are, have that top wild card spot yeah. right now with the worst bullpen in baseball. Yeah, and it makes you wonder again, not to play like the what if card because it doesn't matter. But like if they were just decent, if they were just yeah. average. Last year, they were just 15th. Yeah, we could be looking, we could be talking about them trying to catch the Braves or in first place in the NL East instead of holding on to a wild card spot and trying to sneak into the playoffs. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate the way it's all turned out. Obviously, this has been the biggest detriment to this team this season. But you're right, to their credit, I mean, the starting pitching, 
outside of obviously right now Max Scherzer's injury, which we'll get to in a second, um, and the time Annabelle Sanchez stood on the IL, and then Patrick Corbin's rough stretch for like two or three starts. Yeah. Outside of those three oddities, starting rotation has been what you thought it was going to be. Lights out. And then this offense, once healthy, you know, they struggled with injuries too early in the season, but once they're healthy, they've been just dominant. They've, yeah. been, they've been crushing the ball, and they can go – they can go – Toe to toe with anybody, you know whether or not you think they can win a five game series against the Dodgers in LA. That's a different to- topic, but it's I don't think they're going to get swept by LA. I don't think they, I don't think they'll get blown out by them. I mean, we saw them; they split a four game series in LA earlier in the season, and that's when they were not playing that great. Yeah, and so this team went healthy and with the right bullpen pieces that can give you innings, can give Sean Doolittle a rest. They can compete with anybody, and and. Right. They might not be a team that fa- that other teams would want to face if they make it out of the wild card. And Mike Rizzo has always gone with this organizational philosophy of ad- addressing the bullpen last. Yeah, you know, it's 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 always the starting pitching is the most important thing for him. And th- though they came out and immediately made two deals for bullpen guys, the by far the more important deal for them was getting Patrick Corbin for right. six years and a hundred plus million. They address that starting rotation first because Mike Rizzo figures that. It's a whole lot easier to get relievers at the deadline than it is to get starters at the deadline. So you get your starters in the offseason, you get your big bats in the offseason, you sign your Brian Dozier, and you you bolster your lineup and your starting rotation. You take some risks here and there with relievers in the offseason, and then you say, if it doesn't work out, we could get a do-over at the deadline if we need it. Right, and they they needed it. Yep. But it's just also no wonder... It's, it's just I think the timing is just it's it's bad. It sucks because this is I mean, I don't want to say this is the last season of their window, but I, the 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 luxury tax thing it it's just a bummer that it's now right here for yeah. this season because you know, if they were to have been able to go all in on the bullpen yep. and you know, get Corbin but also get like some of the top relievers on the market at the time like a Craig Kimbrell, um this bullpen would have been really nasty. And now we're talking about a World Series contending team, not just a team that might barely make the playoffs. Right. Um, because, and and now you think Anthony Rendon's going to hit free agency. You and I have talked about how Max Scherzer can't be Max Scherzer forever. Steven yep. Strasburg is going to head into some options soon. You don't know their futures with this team. And then other significant, you know, well, I mean, not that he's contributed this much, but will Ryan Zimmerman be back next season? Brian Dozier is a free agent next year. So all these parts, all these factors play into it. And we're like, wow, man, this kind of feels like almost a missed. I mean, it's obviously there's still plenty of games left. There's scenes not over by any stretch of the mean, but you know, this team could be in a much different place this season had they been able to go all in and get some of the top level arms that are out there for or that were out there. The great seasons that they have unfortunately wasted in in previous years. I think of last year, the fact that they you know, wasted an unbelievable rookie season from Juan Soto, and they've wasted an unbelievable, another unbelievable season from Max Scherzer, in which he almost won the Cy Young. The fact that, you know, it, you you just don't want to do that with the season that Anthony Rendon has had, and another great season from Juan Soto, and who knows, like you said, how many Max Scherzer has left. But yeah. that's a perfect transition, because you did some numbers on Max Scherzer. Yeah, so... Good news, <laughs> not to be so negative all the time, but good the world news is ending. Good news coming heads, out of heads are falling. Nationals Park on Monday. Max Scherzer is taking a significant step today, Tuesday, to on his comeback trail from the injury from the IL. He's supposed to pitch a simulated game today at Nationals Park. 
facing live batters for the first time since July. Um, and Mostly ho- facing dead batters before then. <laughs> or not significant batters. <laughs> um, and that's, that's a significant thing for him to come back. And the question, the numbers I pull up, Paul, the question I post to you is like, when is the optimal, obviously the sooner the better um, from his return, but when is like the absolute like deadline for you to see Max Scherzer come back from the aisle to pitch, to feel comfortable, not only just to win games down the stretch to help secure a playoff spot, but also feel comfortable him being himself going into the postseason. Yeah, it's interesting because it's a it's a double it's a double whammy the more he's out because you said that because um, you know if he you want to give him as many starts as possible right before a potential wild card game, but two you may not even make the wild card game if Max Scherzer's not making numerous right. starts for you in September. Right, so it's like. You know, it's they don't have the luxury like they did in their uh, uh, division winning seasons like 2017, 16, 14, 12, like where they just were, they had a huge lead in the division and they can kind of rest and cruise yep. into October. They're fighting, they're going to probably be fighting to the last weekend of the season Definitely. for a playoff spot. And, and they have that huge, huge five game series against the Phillies the last week of this regular season, which could be potentially, you know, winner take all type of situation. Um, because I believe their last series of the season is against the Indians inner weird interleague matchup. Weird, yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously games are important, but you need to, the Phillies might be right yeah. back into it at that point. So yeah, you know, it is kind of a weird thing where they need him right now, but, um, you know, if you get in the postseason, you would much rather have him ready for the postseason than games in yep. August. Yep. Um, and, and and we're going to touch on Eric Fetty and Joe Ross too because they've been doing their share, their fair share yeah. of the load and helping this team win ball games. Um, I, I think you look at the rest. So, including tonight, the Nationals have forty four games left in the regular season, so that's fifteen left in August, um, including tonight. So that means th- with no Max Scherzer in the, in the rotation, you have three starts each for the other. F- Five guys you have going right now: Strauss, Corbin, Sanchez, Fetty, and Ross. Let's say Joe Ross, Joe Ross, and Eric Fetty. That's six starts from the two of them. Let's get four quality starts for out of those guys, um, setting up a team for for wins. On average, let's just say that they each have like one blunder of a start. Sure, not not their best. Um, that's I, I will take that. I think I, I think anyone will take that because then if you're getting your ace stuff from Strauss, Corbett, and Sanchez, those other three days, I, I think they can get by with that and be yeah. at least where they are right now. I, I don't think they'll dip. I think they can at least be in the wild card spot. Yeah. Um, then, then the calendar turns to September, and that's where I would get nervous if Max Scherzer is not back yet. Because ideally for me, I want him pitching with five, at least five starts, maybe six, because there's 28 games in September. He's back in the rotation. You bump Ross out, uh, maybe move him to the bullpen. That's another conversation later. Um, and then give him give Max at least five or six starts in September to warm up to a potential wild card game start. And then from there, you can manage and line up your rotation where you have Max starting the wild card game, a fully healthy and, and back to Max Scherzer level Max Scherzer. And then that's on Tuesday, Thursday, game one, Strasburg. <laughs> Friday, game two, Corbin. Travel day Saturday, Sunday game three back at Nationals Park. You have Max Scherzer going again because he'll be on full rest. Yeah, and and that's that's what we've talked about kind of all this season. Like if they are able to make uh, an NLDS, uh, a play a five game series, they have one of the best rotations capable of going. This is their best rotation they've had going into a playoff series, maybe since 
2014. Yeah. Um, and that's a t- that's the rotation that not many teams are going to want to face if Max Scherzer is healthy. And for those who are wondering why we're kind of going this far ahead, it was just a couple of weeks ago that Davey Martinez made a comment essentially saying, we're lined up so that Max Scherzer can start our wild card game. That's how far ahead the team thinks, and they should be thinking. Um, so, you know, it's not like they're getting ahead of themselves and thinking we're locks for it, but you have to plan for that because that, you know, your seasons could come down in one game like that. Yeah. Um, it, that is obviously an ideal scenario, I guess you could say, to have Max start five or six games because then then not only are you have a great chance to win those games, but also that gives him a whole lot of rest. The question is, now it looks like he, he is still on track potentially to make those five or six starts or whatever in September, but if he's not, if he suffers a setback, if he, his timetable is pushed back a little bit, and you only get two starts from Scherzer in the regular season right before the wild card game, is that going to make you, you know, I, how comfortable would you be if you're in Davey Martinez's shoes throwing him out there for the wild card game? Obviously, this also depends on how he actually looks in those games. Yeah. But I, 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 in a perfect world, four or five, at least, you know, around that area, much, the more the better, yeah, right? The more the better. Yeah. Um, be, you know, I think if he goes out, if he only gets two starts, but he goes out and pitches seven innings each start, it's like, okay, he, he can do this. Obviously, and also... I think they're going to be, you know, Max isn't going to want to take this route, but I think they're going to be cautious with him. Yeah. You have to be. You can't just, he's 35. You can't just, with a back problem. Yeah. Once he's ready to pitch, you can't just throw him out there and have him throw 100 pitches. He's right. going to have, be on some sort of a pitch count, and he's not going to like that, but that's the way it is because we don't need you, you know, pitching in early September, going eight shutouts, <laughs> throwing yeah. 110 pitches. We need you doing that on October 1st against the Brewers, against yeah. uh the Mets, the Phillies, the Cardinals, whoever it may be. Um, and that's what we're saving you for. And the question, though, becomes if, you know, if it ends up being a, a two, he can only make two starts and say he is kept to uh, 60 pitches or so in those two starts, then you get into a one-game wild card game. Right. You know Max Scherzer is going to be banging on Davey Martinez's door, begging to get the ball in yep. that game. And frankly... Davey Martinez has done a great job turning this team around, but he has come under heat um, in years past, especially, and and at the beginning of this year. Some people, you know, he, he's under a lot of pressure with yeah. this team, you could say. So he's not going to want to not throw Max Scherzer out there. Right. Because if he doesn't, if he goes, says, you know what, Max, we want to hold you, and we think we can win this game without you. If he throws Strasburg in a game one to start that game and they lose... Can you imagine the backlash? Yeah. Why the heck didn't you go with Max Scherzer yeah. in game one? Or in the wild card game, rather. Right. I'll, I'll go, but, okay, yes, I, I, I see what you're saying. But to be on to go on record, to be fair, you know, if Max Scherzer is 70% and we have 100% Steven Strasburg ready for a, a game one, I would rather have Strasburg. Right. In, I mean, because I mean, yeah. Steven Strasburg, I mean, that's not that much of a dip-off. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's still an ace, like yeah. Cy Young caliber pitcher going for in a must win game. That's not the end of the world. It, it's one thing if, you know, you, and no offense, but if you have, you could have Max Scherzer going, but then you have to go to like an Anibal Sanchez instead. Like right. that's a little more concerning, but you, they, they have two great pitchers that I would feel comfortable playing a must win game right. in place of Max Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin. Well, and the other thing is because it's a wild card game, all hands on deck. It's right. A, it's a and game the, seven. the rules are just completely out the yeah. window. Like, it's a game seven. You, you can't go, treat it like a regular game. Yeah. You go inning by inning and you say, all right, if Max Scherzer can only, you know, let's keep them to, I don't know, 45 pitchers or something. Then in theory, you could bring in a Strasburg or a Corbin right after that. 
and say and have them throw a couple innings that'll bridge you to the bullpen. So everything would be in theory would be thrown out the window. I'm sure Davey Martinez is really hoping it doesn't come to that. <laughs> uh, you know what? This this conversation we're having right now, I think he, he probably goes through this in his head every he probably single day. Tosses and every turns single this. day. Yeah. And uh, this is why we're here and he's over there because he's probably been. And I'm, I'm just glad I don't have to make that decision. Yeah. So, but also, you know, I mean, he's throwing, Max is throwing a simulated game on Tuesday. You know, God willing, everything goes well. We could maybe see him back as early as like next week. Maybe. I, Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know the timetable of how, okay, you go from sim game to like bullpen set to like yeah. ramping up to get ready for an actual start. Right. An activation from the IL. But, you know, this is a good start. Let's see how it goes today. You know, obviously stay tuned on MassinSports.com and at Muggazarkman and at Masson Kerr for updates because they'll be at Nats Park all night tonight uh, as they continue their series against the Reds. Um, we'll have an update later for you on how Max Scherzer looked today in his sim game. Um, but yeah, Cross my fingers, yeah. hoping everything goes well, and we're getting that much closer to seeing him return. Because again, the earlier the better, because he needs yeah. to need to ramp back up to his level before being ready to pitch in high leverage games late September, October. And another piece of good news is what we've seen on the field from Eric Fetty and Joe Ross. I almost said Eric Ross and Joe Fetty. Um, <laughs> the two of them over their last two starts each um, have been good. They've gone uh, so Fetty in his last two starts, he's gone six innings each of those times. He did not allow a run against the Giants, and then he gave up just two runs against um, the Reds. So quality start from him. Two quality starts, and then Ross, five and a third. No one runs against Arizona. And then six shutout innings against the Giants. Now, granted, not the top competition when you look at the Reds and the Giants and the uh, Diamondbacks, but still, it's encouraging to see uh, from both Ross and Fetty. I think more encouraging from Ross because Fetty... Uh, at times has looked like a capable starter this year. He's got an ERA just over four. He's He's been handed the ball at tough times, and he's come out on the other side. Ross was really concerning, really concerning for the first half of the season because, um, you know, he's bouncing back between Fresno and here, coming off of Tommy John surgery, um, and he really struggled. He's still, after those two scoreless outings, a 6.75 ERA. Yeah. So encouraging to see from him. That being said, I don't want to, you know, I want him to get as few starts down the stretch as possible. Right. But uh, to see those two guys get the ball and do well helps. Well, we talked about how with, uh, obviously, Hellickson's been out for the entire season or whatever, close enough, and um, Max Scherzer now out since July. Now that's two holes in your rotation that need to be, that are basically plug and play, kind of. And, and we talked about the three guys, add Austin Voth to this conversation too, but They've stuck with Fetty and Ross because they've earned it. Yeah. And in this scenario, it's like all they need to do is not lose the game. You know, not yeah. put the team in a situation where they're out of it. Keep right. them somehow in the game. Let your offense and the bullpen try to win the game for you. Just don't be the reason why why we lose. You know, yeah. keep it quality starts. If you can do that at minimum, that's what yeah. we're looking for here because every other day we have our top three guys with Max out, our top three guys going. Um they're back end of the rotation. We just need you guys to to hold it together. Yeah. You know, don't completely lose it out there. And then the fact that they go have gone five and a third and six and six and six innings. That's that is the most maybe the most important thing is the fact that they're going deep into Relatively these games. deep. Yeah, with with yeah, exactly with with all of these bullpen concerns that we spent 25 minutes just talking about they need as many guys to get to the seventh inning as yeah. possible so that they can go a seven eight nine with uh, a Doolittle and a you know hudson and um whoever else they decide to throw out there obviously the the 
the further into the game they go, the better. Yeah. But if you get, I think at a bare minimum, at least into the sixth, like yeah. you said, uh, Ross, that first start five and a third. But, you know, and I, I think ideally, which is, an, I think, a realistic re- request. I shouldn't say request, but like goal, a realistic goal, mm-hmm. six. Six yeah. solid innings, three runs or less, a quality start, and then hopefully seven, eight, nine can lock it down yeah. and, and, and get them through the game. And you know what, Paul, you mentioned those teams they faced. Yeah, they're not the best, but, I mean, these are three technical contenders. Teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the Arizona's only two and a half games out. Yeah. And San Francisco right behind them and the Reds. And they have some crazy bats in their lineups. Like, um... Eric Fetty last night on Monday night gave up a leadoff home run in the very first pitch of the game. And, you know, there's are some there's some lethal lethal bats in those lineups that aren't just easy. You know, they're not the Marlins. They're not yeah. the Pirates. So credit where credit is due. They, they've done their fair share and, and, and has worked their butts off to keep not only the Nationals competitive, but in a position where they're the number one wildcard team. One more thing I want to get your thought at, thoughts on because that's another great transition there, Bobby. We're just full of them With, today. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. With... All these teams still in the race for the wild card. So many teams. So many teams jockeying for that one and two spot, and none of them seemingly wanting to go away. What would your ideal scenario, who, who is your ideal opponent for a wild card game if the Nats are having to, to face one of these teams? Oh. So. Well, we just saw them sweep the Giants, so the Giants. So the Giants, definitely. But be, unfortunately, because of that sweep of the Giants, that put the Giants in less of a chance to get that second wild card right, spot. Right, right. So. The Giants of so uh, of the teams right now that have a legitimate shot. Um, you look at the Cardinals, the Cubs. They currently have the division, but if the Cardinals jump them, right, they're kind know, of interchangeable. Exactly, Milwaukee, the Phillies, the Mets. God, uh, not the Mets, not the Mets. <laughs> why? Why not the Mets? Why did you watch that all this past? Yes, season? okay, but they I cannot. don't think they're going to be the same team on October first that they are. I right know, now. I know, I know. I really, I really still theor- think they're going to blow. They're going to blow it. I really still think that. I do, I do, too. I, I don't really think the do. Mets are going to yeah. be there. But for whatever reason, the Nationals just cannot beat the Mets this season. Yeah. It yeah. is But, yes, I do understand your, the fear. Um, I, I, I'm a believer in a do theory. And I think, so, the, like I said, the Brewers come to town this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Nationals got swept in Milwaukee when they played. They did. Game. Okay. Yeah. So, if the Brewers end up, like, winning the season series, like, 4-2 to two or five, whatever, then... I want the Brewers because I think do theory. It's like, all right, cool. You won. The, it's like, you know how in football, like. What's the do theory? Like they're due. Oh, 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 oh. I thought D-U-E. you were saying like D-O-O. No, no, no. Sean D-U- Doolittle theory. The do theory. No, no. Like they are due. Yeah. Like, okay. D-U-E. Gotcha. Um, like, you know how in like, um, like football, like there's sometimes those wild uh, matchups where like, you know, the Saints beat the Falcons, like, both games of the regular season, but then, like, the Falcons win the playoff game or yeah. something like that, just, like, right. something weird like that. That's what I, I feel like. It if, regret, regression towards the mean. Yeah. Right. No, so it's like, all right, you beat us in the regular season a handful of times, but you have one game to beat us, and you usually do, but you're not going to this time. Yeah. So, But on the other let's side. See how they face, let's see how they look against this, against him this, them this weekend. You could say it's kind of, it could potentially be in their heads, in theory. I mean, I don't want to, I'm no, I could be no psychologist. Well, I could potentially be in the Brewer's head, so that's what I'm saying. It's oh, like, yeah, oh, true. Oh, we've walked over them all regular season. This will be a piece of cake. True. Oh, not so fast, my friend. But on the other side, it could be a, uh, crap, we can't beat these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're so not, the Nash- that's uh, what I think, honestly, that's what I think is part of the reason they keep losing to the Mets. And the fact that they keep losing to the Mets in the late innings. Because I feel like once they get to the seventh, 
eighth, ninth innings, they're like, oh, we're going to blow it again, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what fans are thinking. And, but and, I, I, and I don't want Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle's numbers against the Mets are why ridiculous. his numbers are so inflated. He's like a two ERA against every other team. Yeah, and that's why his ERA is what it is, yeah. which isn't that high of an ERA to begin no, with. But no, like, no. it would be so much less if he never played the Mets. If he never pitched against ah, the Mets. It's a shame they played 19. The Nationals are 500 against the Braves. Ten and three against the Marlins, which they should be. Always beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Yep. Um, Just and, one and three against St. Louis, and nine and five against the Phillies, but six and ten against the Mets. Yeah. The, the, Please beat the Mets. At all so times. the weird thing: the only teams of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that I mentioned that they have winning records against are the Phillies, nine and five, and the Giants, five and one. Every other team they are below five hundred against so far this season. The one and three against the Cardinals at one series. Uh, they lost the series against the Cubs. Um, you mentioned Milwaukee and the Mets six and ten and Arizona three and four. Um, so, yeah, I hope it's uh, you would hope it's the Phillies and uh, it's not could look look like oh, it's not going to be the Giants. Could you imagine the Phillies? But could you imagine? Yeah. Well, well, we've talked about it before, but Bryce Harper and the Phillies in DC yeah. for a one game win. All oh my yeah. god, so much fear. If I were if I were looking at the rest of the matchups though. Teams I would fear. I think you know Arizona again. What two and a half for two and a half games out of that one? I would. I would probably even though they looked bad in that series in Arizona a week ago. I would probably look forward to seeing you know would take them over the the. I just I all three of those teams I think in the NL Central are dangerous because the the Cubs I think I think all three of those teams would be winning another division. Yeah, I think it, the fact that they are beating up on each other is the reason that we're going to get. One in the wild card game and one in the the uh, division as a division winner most likely. Yeah, but I think all three of those teams. I mean, the the Cubs are essentially the same team that they were two years ago in terms of personnel. You know, they really they really have such a solid core. Yeah, in terms of pitchers and hit, it's like ridiculous. So the Cubs would scare me. The Brewers were right there last year. Went to seven games with the Dodgers. They would scare me. And the Cardinals are still a really good team. They still have an excellent rotation and they still have Paul Goldschmidt. And it's like, yeah. So all three of those NL central teams would really scare me. So I think if you're a Nats fan, you're looking to maybe face the Phillies and maybe face, you know, the, the, the giants giants are like diamondbacks. Maybe they, I don't, yeah, I, I feel like you're right though. That's going to be one of those central teams. Like the more and more we think about it. Cause like, well, I just think one of them's going to win it. Well, one of them has to win the division. They're three good teams. The three. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be kind of crazy. It's, there's only one, because we're assuming the Nationals are the top wildcard team, so that means one of them right, is right. out. Yeah, yeah. If, which is insane, because they're all playoff caliber teams. That's right. how good that division has been for so long. And you know, That would be kind of crazy if we get, uh, you know, the Cubs win the division, and then it's Cardinals, Brewers, and the wildcard or something Or if like they had to do, like, kind of last year, like a play-in game. Yeah, to true. To come, play, like, on that Monday to play the Nationals. Which ended up probably hurting the Cubs that they had to yeah. do that. It was yeah. the Cubs had to do that, right? Or no, the, the Rockies beat. No, the yeah, well, yeah, the Cubs. Yeah, I know it was Cu- the Cubs and Brewers played because remember the Cubs lost both. Right. The Cubs lost both. Yeah, and because and they're both at Rick, Wrigley. Yes, so the Cubs played the Brewers at Wrigley on the Monday for the division. They Brewers lost. won. Brewers won the division. They advanced, so they lost. So they have to host a wild card game against the Rockies, and then they lost. And that was a crazy extra inning game, as I yeah. recall. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I think this NL, NL wildcard race is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. And, and hopefully the Nationals remain and get even more healthy for the rest of the season. Max comes back, pitches phenomenal, 
And this team, I, I think hosting a wild card game is be something something really special for us to be at and, and for fans to witness at, at Nationals Park. We've been to some game fives. I imagine a wild card game would be just as nuts, if not more. Because, again, it's one game, winner take all. There yep. are no rules. You have to <laughs> yeah. figure out a way to win that game. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening to the uh, Matt and Alexis podcast. I think that's all we have for you today. Again, tune into the game tonight, 6.30 p.m. on Mass and 2. Reds at Nationals at from Nationals Park. Dan and Bo have you at 630. Um, you can catch the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. And we want to thank you again for tuning in on uh, Mass and All Access Facebook page and the Mass and Nationals Facebook page. You can hit us up at Twitter at Paul Mancano. That's at correct. Bobby underscore Blanco. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass and All Access podcast presented by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today.